I don't need pleasure, I don't feel pain. If you were to knock me down, I'd just get up again. I'm the urban spaceman, baby, I'm making out. I'm all about. Hello, welcome Hello. everyone. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to tonight with Bob and Joe. I'm Joe. I'm Bob. How's it going, Bob? You're right, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Those guys we just listened to. That was the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Yeah, man. That was Urban Spaceman. What were you saying about them? No, I was just saying that uh, I remember hearing a story that uh, uh, Vivian um, from the Bonzo Dogs just yeah. Uh, when he when he came into a pub and when they formed the band, he just looked like the most already the most bizarre and beautiful character they'd ever met. Yeah, they are pretty fantastic. It's it's no wonder that they you know they were just incredible. It's a, it's a shame there aren't more bands out there now with the same sort of flamboyant irrelevance. Yeah, great style. <laughs> fantastic. So what are we doing today, Joe? What's the what's the plan? Tonight we are speaking to a man called Christopher P. Garantana. Mm. Have I pronounced it right yet? I, th- I, I, think, I think it's Garantano, but Garantano, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, there's, yeah, no, there's no real way of knowing how to pronounce his name, actually. Yeah. But he's, uh, since he was a kid, right, Joe, he's been interested in a, a very specific paranormal case. Yeah, the Montauk Project. Which is all yeah. based around, was it Camp Hero? Camp Hero, yeah. So firstly, he's a director, mm-hmm, um, yep. a writer and a director. He's made a couple, well, he's made a, quite a few films yeah. um, and documentaries. Uh, but yeah, it, the, what we're talking to him specifically, I suppose, what we'd like to talk to him about is the Montauk Project. That's what we're interested in. It's a, uh, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it in we'll a bit. We'll talk about it in a bit. We'll uh, fill you in about what that's all about. It's all very spooky and um, very cool and very conspiracy-ish. Mm. Um, there's a lot of talk about how, of course, very famous Stranger Things. The new, uh, of course, and the second series has just been released of Stranger yeah. Things. So it's very, yeah, it's very important to note that a lot of that was not only inspired by the Montauk uh, sort of conspiracy theories, yeah. but also specifically by Christopher's uh, films as well. Yeah, the Montauk Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, Stranger Things' working title was Montauk. Montauk. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. Until they changed um, the location from Montauk to the, Where, mid- the Midwest. The Midwest, wherever it's actually set. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So it's so all about that. It's yeah, all about creepy, big sort of military bases and crazy sort of 
what telekinetic and yeah yeah I, I, I mean i felt when we started sort of sort of delving into it and uh trying to find sort of the best source to read from for, mm. the, for the episode actually um i feel like i've uh, i've read so much about the montauk conspiracy through so many different sources that my version of events is incredibly different to other websites version of events so well you should write yours on the <laughs> internet <laughs> yeah, exactly. as well it'll be it'll be interesting to hear what christopher's uh, is as well especially considering that he was a kid at the time with yeah. all that military stuff yeah so. some good stuff we'll talk about that in a minute we'll listen to another song this one is Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. The and song is called... What's it called? It's, it's a long called, title. Yeah, it's called Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highlands, Illinois. Illinois? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. All right. That's it. That's it. Take it away, Sufjan. So that was that, yeah. Yeah, that was that. That was a that was a uh, a song by Sufjan Stevens about uh, a case in Illinois, I think, during the seventies, where cool. um, a few different police officers and various people throughout the town around a sort of a, a week or two kept seeing this kind of strange, translucent, triangular craft that would, that would go over this That's specific great. area. It's real cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very, very fitting for the top of our show. It feels like now uh, after, um, by the way, last episode was episode six. Yeah. This is episode seven. Woo! Can we, uh, yeah, get an, can I get an amen? And um, and basically, yeah, they've both been about aliens. So yeah. clearly, I don't know if it's Halloween. I don't know if it's if it's if it's generally. I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, maybe they'll like, all be about aliens. I think you know. I, I was thinking about that. You know, so. like booze, aliens, women. We could do that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's an know? evening in. For that me. that's a great evening in. Yeah, you know, microwave dinner. 
Oh, nice. You know, why not? What would you have, a lasagna? I'd definitely have lasagna. Nice. Or a microwave chicken tikka from Tesco. Nice. I'd just take a cauliflower cheese. Oh. I know, oh. I know, I love it. I've been betrayed so much by cauliflower <laughs> cheese recently. I just can't even <laughs> hear its name muttered. Uh, so right. many shit cauliflower cheese. I'll stop talking about cauliflower cheese if you do. All right, All that's right. a blood pact. Let's do, let's do it. Let's get into... Um, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the Montauk project. We're going to okay. give a bit of background information into it so let's I'm just get gonna, yeah let's get going oh, right. so it's the montauk project is an alleged series of secret united states government projects conducted at camp hero or montauk air force station in montauk long island okay so it's for the purposes of developing psychological warfare techniques and exotic research including time travel well, exotic research yeah i know exotic i like that cool. i immediately imagine like wonderful parrots yeah it, um They've been described, Jacques Vallée describes the allegations of the Montauk Project as an outgrowth of stories about the Philadelphia experiment. Right. The history of the Montauk Project story is closely associated with and often believed to originate in the Montauk Project series of books by Preston Nichols. Okay, that guy. Yeah. yeah okay. So stories in the Montauk Project have circulated since around the 1980s and according to UFO receipt... Oh, who's this guy? Jacques He's the same guy. Valde? Jacques. Oh, the same name. Yeah, he's a researcher, UFO, uh, ufologist. Um, well, he says the Montauk experiment stories seem to have originated with an account from Preston Nichols, who claimed to have recovered repressed memories of his own involvement. Okay. And that's pretty cool. Repressed, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that like through hypnosis, maybe, or something? Yeah, I suppose repressed so. Repressed memories. Yeah, he claims to have degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering. Uh -huh. uh, he authored a series of books known as the Montauk Project series, along with Peter Moon. The primary topic of which is alleged activities at Montauk. All right. So what are these activities? So basically there's a whole bunch of things that people have said may or may not have happened. But these are the conspiracy theories. So they say that, the, that it was the facility itself was expanded to as many as 12 levels and several hundred workers. So 12 levels underground. Underground, yeah, right. because it's still there. Well, yeah. Like you can see pictures of it now. There's a huge satellite outside. Big, like radar dish. Yeah, uh, but apparently it was closed down way back. Um so anyway, some reports have uh, the facility extending under the town of Montauk itself. That's wow, it. that's so elaborate. So actually, I know, under the whole town, underneath. Wow, I know. Now you can see now um, any of people that have uh, seen Stranger Things why you yeah. can see the similarities, and you'll probably keep noticing them. So sure. homeless people and orphans were abducted, subjected to huge amounts of electromagnetic radiation to test mind control technology, remote brain programming. Wow. Serious. This is MK wow. Ultra ish. Wow. This is Eleven herself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, people had their psychic abilities enhanced to the point where they could materialize objects out of thin air, man. Fuck me. I know. Steward Swerdlow claims to have been involved in the Montauk project, and as a result, he says his psionic faculties were boosted. I'm not really sure what a psionic ability I think that must is, be, but I can... Is that, is that like psychic something? Yeah, psychic projection that. or something? Yeah. Maybe. So they were boosted, but at the cost of his emotional instability, post-traumatic uh -huh. stress disorder, and many other issues. So... That's pretty. That's pretty hard. Talk about that. What's this alien doing? Yeah. So an alien supposedly designed a chair. I mean, I think that deserves a moment of silence there. Let's <laughs> have one. Uh, Brilliant. An uh, alien designed a chair, which an individual could sit on to boost his mental and precipitary powers. Cool. Cool. A prototype duplicate was given to England and put in a facility on the Thames. <laughs> Something about that takes the fantastic and it just puts it on the Thames. <laughs> you can do that it's with It's like a saying it. in itself. It's, oh, I'll put, put it on the fantastic. Thames, mate. Just put it on the Thames, mate. Um, the teleportation. Nice. Oh, oh, no, oh, this is an important bit. This is really important to the story. Yeah, what, what a porthole. 
or a portal in time was created which allowed researchers to travel anywhere in time or space. That one, I mean, th th that would be the most scientifically and historically significant thing ever of all time. Insane. Worth saying. And go on, what, is it, what do they say? It was developed into a stable time tunnel. Underground tunnels with abandoned cultural archives were explored on Mars using this technique. I mean, that just... This is in out my there. mind, what I think that means is that basically there were there are tunnels on Mars anyway, which is a big, right. which is a big reveal, but yeah. also that yeah. within those tunnels there are cultural archives to perhaps a history on Mars, and, that, and well, it was through the time tunnel they were able to access that. I think that's what they mean. That is crazy. So and, they're talking about... And very importantly as well, that contact was made with just with alien, alien uh, extraterrestrials through the time tunnel. I mean, that's very important. And technology was exchanged. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, with uh, which then enhanced the project itself. So that's how the aliens kind of really come into it. Wow, right? wow. So let's get look at this. So on about August the twelfth, nineteen eighty three, the time travel project at Camp Hero. So this is the place in Montauk, the centre itself, uh -huh. interlocked in hyperspace with the original Rainbow project in ninety four. Mm -hmm. The USS Eldridge was drawn into hyperspace and trapped there. Two men. Al Bialek and Duncan Cameron both claimed to have leaped from the deck of the Eldridge while it was in hyperspace. What the fuck? Oh, man. And ended up after a period of severe disorientation at Camp Hero. Oh, so, so it's uh, from yeah. 1943 to 1983. Yeah, they they say that they time-travelled to 83, 40 And is years. that from the boat that is the is the Philadelphia experiment? I think it might be. So the boat that the, the, the another government uh, conspiracy concerns a boat that with radar technology was supposed to be made invisible, um, uh, just yeah. by radar, but actually it made the entire boat invisible, and people from that boat were fused with the craft when the boat returned. Yeah. Um. So what 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 they're here saying they, here yeah, is that some people actually appeared in Montauk. That's it. Uh, Forty years later. Yeah. Yeah. And they and they claim to have met John von Neumann, a famous physicist and mathematician, even though he was known to have died. 30 years previous in 57 wow. von Neumann had supposedly actually worked on the original Philadelphia experiment wow. the US Navy deny it we must say so flying sources were observed uh, were observing the Philadelphia experiment that boat um, yeah, that disappeared would. in 1943 and it got sucked into a time warp uh, and were transported to one of the underground tunnels in Montauk wow. and got stuck there the aliens demanded a large quartz crystal crystal sorry a large quartz crystal to get their ship's engine started to be able to leave oh man if that's the case we've got loads of quartz in Cornwall yeah there's a shit oh, yeah, I mean it's everywhere but there's loads in Cornwall, Cornwall boys. go to Cornwall and, and then into hyperspace uh, the time machine was used to obtain one from another planet Wow. They should have just gone to Cornwall. Yeah, they should have just, yeah, just, um, just got down a PC, boy. And, that, and it says some crazy stuff about Tesla, Men in Black. Um, there's a uh, professional wrestler, Rob Van Dam. Brilliant. Who have been accidentally, to have accidentally stumbled upon the area while driving to an arena. During one hour's time, he went into a time tunnel and claimed to have met Nikola Tesla, who told him that he was going to return in 2007 to end it all. Oh, that was 10 years ago. By the way, to, to end it all, I imagine he meant to consummate his vows with that pigeon that had lasers <laughs> coming out of its eyes that, that he was in love with at the end of his life. That's beautiful. But do that's you know much more about that? I don't know much, but I do know that he was he was a very humble man. He loved pigeons, specifically the white one with the lasers that came out of its oh, eyes. Oh, that's cute. And uh, and uh, and yeah. So yeah, that that is sort of a, a quick background uh -huh. on sort of the 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 theories, conspiracy theories. 
involving the Montauk project. Yeah, I mean, if you if you read the sort of the normal Wikipedia entry to Camp Hero, it almost says none of this stuff. It does it yeah. does reference uh, because some obviously you know wonderful Wikipedia editors have put. By the way, there are a few conspiracy theories surrounding this place, and it does link <laughs> yeah. to Christopher Garitano's work as well. Yeah, and so that's the Montauk Chronicles, and that's a film that he made. Um, that is all about these uh, same subjects. It's all mm. about the same thing. Uh, we found out that he um, himself has been obsessed with it since he was a child, but mm. we'll hopefully find more about find that more later about that when well. we talk to him. Yeah, and also since then, he's also made another thing called The Dark Files, cool. um, which is kind of more of a... It's, a, it's another movie, but it, and it's also about uh, Montauk, but it, it's more of an investigation. It's more of a sort right, of yeah. detective work into the case, yeah. as opposed to... Uh, before with uh, with with Montauk Chronicles, which is more of a movie yeah. with dramatisation. Yeah, and you can see the similarities when you watch it to Stranger Things. You can Good Lord. clearly see them, so which nice. is very cool. So the so Duffer nice. brothers obviously very much liked not only the subject matter, but Christopher's work. So. Yeah, and I'd, I'd really like to hear whether or not they've kind of acknowledged that and, 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 and whether they've had any, any communication with Christopher as well, because he definitely deserves credit for, for a lot of those inspirations, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so I suppose we should listen to another song. Yeah, let's listen to a song. I do want to say here, though, just um, oh, despite yeah. all these rumours, no traces of secret underground facilities have been found, although on the grounds of Camp Hero itself, there is a hill with concrete sealed doors. <sighs> lovely. Wow. Right? Yeah, it's, it, speaks, it speaks. That's a lovely last sentence, that. Yeah. So let's listen to the B-52s. There's a moon in the sky called the moon. Fantastic. Let's listen to it.
Hello, Chris. Hello. Yes. Hey, it's Hi, Bob and Joe. How are you, man? Good. How's it going, guys? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Uh, we we've just been telling the audience a little bit about the um, the sort of theories about Montauk, and we wanted to ask you first of all how you first sort of came around your interest in a in um in Camp Hero and how uh, how you formulated your idea for your first movie uh, for the for the Montauk uh, Chronicles. Okay, well, I, I was very curious about it uh, as a kid, and I when I first got my hands on the, the very first book by Preston Nichols, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I thought it was thin. I, it, you know, it didn't have much about the Montauk Boys program, and it, it, it and to me, it rec- it recalled a lot of science fiction that I grew up watching. So I felt mm-hmm. like. My first reaction, I wasn't very impressed, and I, I didn't believe it because it, I, I was like, "Wow, I saw that in the Twilight Zone, and I saw that in the Outer Limit." <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was like, "Who are these guys fooling?" You know, <laughs> it seems like maybe they hung out with a publisher and had a bottle of wine, and they just um, kind of made this stuff up. Uh, and yeah. so, was it a little bit later? Um, I met a guy named John David Brody, and he um, he was obsessed with it. And he knew I wanted to make a, a, a documentary on some kind of paranormal mystery, you know, because it was an interest of mine, just like most of us since I was a kid, and I wanted to yeah. give it a fresh take. Yeah. So I, I, I was more interested in, like, the North American, you know, Bigfoot legend. And he, yeah. um, he said, you know, it's going to cost you a lot of money, you're going to have to travel, and you don't have it. Why don't you make it about something closer to home? Yeah. So he brought up Montauk again. And... Um, I was like, okay, this is this is fine, but I don't want to adapt that book. What I'd like to do is I'd like to go personally talk to Al Bielek, talk to Preston Nichols, right. and um, start there, because I think it would be interesting to bring the audience into their home, not mm-hmm. bring them into a studio, don't make it look like television, you know, mm-hmm. let's go to their house, and let's not bring a lot of people, and let's try to make them feel as comfortable as possible, and then let's start there and see see what we find as we go and that's honestly how it started for me was, wow. was was Preston immediately quite sort of happy with the idea of the documentary or he was you know okay so I made the documentary twice um, the version that you saw and and the first one that I only showed to a limited amount of people here and there in uh, 2012 and so the first interview with him I have to admit that Preston was it was almost like, I don't know if he was doing shrooms or he was on medication, but he, he, there were quite a few hallucinatory moments, and um, I have those here. They're not in the film. The, the right. later one that I shot in 2013 is in the movie, and uh-huh. he was different. But the, when we went out there the first time, uh, I mean, he was talking about everything from a shape-shifting bear that turned into a young man at his property to a thunderbird that ate a whale in his backyard. Yeah, I mean, he was just, he was going on and on about all of these things. And I was like, wow, this guy is really somewhere else. (laughs) Um, Fantastic. You know, yeah, but then it was later that when I went back a second time, then there was even weirder, like he was a little, he was definitely sober when Mm. I interviewed him in in 2013. And you'll, you know, you see that in the movie. And also, when he knew my camera was off, when he really knew it was off, when I had the lens cap on and the camera was off, it's almost like his demeanor changed completely and he just looked at me and he's like, you know, Christopher, um, there's just some things I'm not going to tell you on camera. And it was like mm. I was talking to a different guy for a second. Wow, you know, that's fascinating. Like, wow. wow. Yeah, there's something else going on. 
Well, that must no. have been some really in incredible conversations off camera as well, then. Oh, yes. I, I think Preston is authentic. I think somewhere in the mix there are some people who jumped on this thing and are making things up. Yeah. But mm. I feel that Preston Nichols was part of one of these programs, for sure, and I have a lot of reason. But do you think, do you think that some of, some of his, I mean, his real-life involvement in the projects has kind of been, um, has kind of been uh, mu uh, muddied by some of the other theories that have come about. Yes, and that's the way life is sometimes because, yeah. you know, Preston had this authentic tale and this authentic experience. So then he meets, I guess, a publisher who wants to make money. Yeah. And so he encourages Preston to kind of butter things up or change things around for the book. Yeah. So Preston gets probably used to this rhythm of maybe altering or embellishing. Um, and I think maybe that's what happened along the way but there is a true story in there, you know, because Preston does have this history that goes way back before any books were written or published. Yeah. He also has a knowledge of these things. And he, he, here's, this other, here's the other thing. I can't bring this witness forward because they don't want to come forward. But oh, no. I know of a person who is 100% authentic who uh, contacted me after I was on Coast to Coast AM. Mm, yeah, and this person worked for a major chemical company uh, in the United States. In between 19, I believe, 1976 and 19, way into the 90s. Wow. And so they were appointed uh, a special unit and a special office in a secretarial position to oversee a project that was sending money and experimental alloys to Camp Hero and Brookhaven Labs, wow. which corroborates a lot Preston was talking about. And this person is so legit, I've... Austria, you know, I've checked everything, everything I could about them. They did work for this company. Oh, wow. There is no reason why they would tell me this stuff because they don't want to be known because they're worried about their, their pension being taken away. They're, oh, you know, cool. an older person. That's fantastic. So, so that's where the money came from. Uh, that's, that's where the money came from for sure. And this person is probably the most important witness to the whole thing. But in the, um, in the dark files, uh, which is what we did for history recently, and that's premiering yeah, in, yeah. in the UK on the 26th. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great found, to know. Yep. We, we, we found significant evidence on the show, you'll see. Oh, that sounds great. We were going to talk about the dark files what? with you. What I wanted to ask yeah. um, before that was sort of the link, um, the, of course, Stranger Things being so huge and everywhere at the moment, and the similarities, of course, of the story... Um, and, well, for myself, I was, after watching the Montauk Chronicles, um, I even noticed slight similarities in, in the visual, in the visual yeah. effects mm. um, that of were course, being portrayed yeah. there. And we just wanted to know maybe your thoughts on, on that whole situation. Like, was well, there, for I, instance, like, know, do, do you know the I, Duffer brothers? Were they, were they talking to you at any point? No, they didn't. But they're... Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, yeah. No. There's all, there's no, there's there's like no doubt in my mind. It's kind of, there, I mean, there it's... was there's particularly a shot we were looking at earlier with uh, you know, with the Christmas lights outside the uh, child's bedroom, the little LEDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 there are a lot of 
similarities in, their, in, yeah. in what they decided to do, and that's fine. No, they never contacted me. All, you know, I'm not angry over it, of course. I think yeah, it, yeah. it's great. It's all reciprocal. Yeah, you know, it's wonderful. Uh, it, it all, it all symbiotic, and it works, and I think the show is good, and I think the people that made it are, are talented. Um, but I have, well, outside of the Dark Files, I actually have my own fictional take oh, on the Montauk Project coming mm. with another big studio, and we begin pre-production in, in, um, in December. Oh, and wow. That sounds great. <laughs> I can't I, wait for I, that. I promise you, guys, edgier, darker, and more true to uh, what happened, I think. At, in Montauk, yeah. Yes, yes. That's so great. That's what I'm doing. That's so great. Because I, I found out earlier that Stranger Things' working title was, in fact, Montauk. Yeah. I, I thought, wow, I can't believe this. It, it sort of says it all, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask... I mean, I had trailers that were out there as early as 07 or 08, little teasers for the first Montauk movie. Uh, yeah. So they saw that stuff. Even, there was this, even moments from the first Montauk film were, were taken because they were all that, those memories... Remember, uh, remembrance uh, things that are stuck to the wall where Eleven is pushing through. I have yeah. identical scenes in the first Montauk movie just like that. Crazy. That's crazy oh, I, Chris, it's remarkable that you can keep your cool in the face of that. I think had <laughs> yeah. I made something as brilliant and as interesting as your work and, and it had been kind of a little bit, uh, shall we say, you know, ripped off by somebody else, I mean, it would really get to me. But you, you seem to be very remarkably creatively cool about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the solution is for my own uh, energy and, you know, is to not spend my days thinking about lawsuits and crap like that. Yeah. I just, yeah, um, what I, what I want to do is, is just uh, see a positive in it. And the positive is that they, they were influenced by a lot of things, but yeah. one of which was my stuff. And, yeah. um, so that's great. And I think people are starting to see that now. And, um, so they helped, they helped me in a way, you know, so I, I, yeah. I, I helped them. They helped me great. You know, like I, yeah, I think, I think they, what they've done is incredible. Yeah. And now I have my own shows. I have, and I'm about to come out with something that perhaps might, um, might be uh, just as good for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I think I think you're right. I think it's a, a fantastic thing to be, you know, uh, have have that kind of nod to uh, a show that's sort of so big at the moment. Just just to mention, yeah. So on the 26th uh, of this month, right? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna have the 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 first. Is it the first episode or the film itself? It will be the first two-hour. Uh, special the dark files wow. there will be more dark files and we're working it out right now right. but the very first two hour special of the dark files premieres in the uk on sunday uh november 26th at nine o'clock yeah great and what channel is that is that history or is that history sort of... channel yeah, yeah history. history great Terrific. great I, I really can't wait for uh, that chris well, it's been so incredible to talk to you chris thank you so much for sharing your viewpoints and your and your filmmaking journey uh, we hope to talk to you again, and I wish you all the best with all your upcoming projects. And we mean it. If you want to come down to the UK and you want somewhere <laughs> to stay, come to ours. You're welcome. Always welcome. I will. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Take care of yourself. Good luck, man. Godspeed. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. That was fantastic. Oh, that what was great. That was great. I mean, I did once again, like, it feels like every interview we do on, uh, on Tonight with Bob and Joe, I'm always wanting to ask more questions. I really want to know. ask him more, like, kind of, you know, uh, what do you actually believe? What specific things? Do you I know, I know. This or that? But I thought, you know, it was just, it was just so lovely to talk to him. And um, 
Yeah. He seems like a really, really cool guy. I, I mean, I can't wait to see Dark Files. Mm. Really can't wait to see that. And this, these other things he was just telling about, um, his fictional work that he's working with the studio for. Yeah, that's amazing. On. Wow, like an incredibly dark, uh, actual real life. Montauk. Yeah. Montauk. Like, that sounds great. That's what I'm talking um, about. That would be great, Yeah, man. no, it's so cool. And and, and also, the, it's, just, it's just, you know, I, I, I said it on the during the interview, but... I do think it's amazing that he's he's he doesn't hold resentment for the Duffers. Yeah, I mean, I actually understand his point of view more. I know Completely. I can see that you wouldn't like if you were yeah, him. You'd yeah. just be going psycho, shaking yeah, with shaking fucking rage. With rage. But <laughs> yeah. I, I understand where he's coming from because, of course, you know he's made he's made his film and. You know, because of you know the the Duffer brothers, and like he says, uh, like Christopher said, of course, that the way they do it is they they look around, they take a bit of this and a bit of that, and a sprinkle of this, as Christopher said, and yeah. it makes sense for me if it was my work that had, um, as you said, be being ripped off. Yeah, maybe it, that was I mean, a bit of a violent term, but, but I mean, it's okay. I mean, this is we, these are our words; they're yeah, not yeah, his. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, like, yeah, like enough, you know, yeah. it's like, but like it, it does seem like that to to me uh, and yeah. to you that there's like almost clear. Clear, almost it's more than identical. homage. It's With more than an homage. It goes beyond yeah. homage. Yeah. Yeah. But if I was Christopher, like I said, like I would be, I would be enthralled by it. I'd yeah. be, I'd be very proud that even, even like, because I mean that makes him a catalyst for what Stranger Things are. Yeah. You know, there would be no Stranger Things without Christopher. Is uh, logically that's where we get to. Yeah. I guess. I guess really. And other things, of course. I but I, I don't want to get too wrapped up by it. No, but it's yeah, just that don't. you know. For me, sometimes I look at filmmakers and I look at independent filmmakers and yeah. I think big man, you know, small man. And I think the small man with the big ideas getting robbed by the big guy with the big money. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, fucking, yeah. That's the stuff that starts to get to me. But you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. I enjoyed the first season of Stranger Things. I know you've seen the, the I've seen it stuff, all, yeah, I've seen it but, all. But I really enjoyed the first season of Stranger Things. So whatever the case, they made a, a great work. I just wish they'd involve Christopher in it more. Yeah, I agree. That's I it. agree. Right, we're going to play a game and it's called Stein or Steven. Stein or Steve? That was brilliant. But first, we're going to listen to a song, and this one you're going to love it. Oh yeah, it's, is this the is this the moon one? Is this the, is no, this we've listened to that. We're going to listen to Lou Reed, "Satellite of Love." Oh, fantastic! Satellite of Love. That's Let's it. go. That Lou. wasn't the song. It's it's coming. Come on, on Uncle Reed. Satellite's gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite's gone Way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled With park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Harry, Mark, and John Monday and Tuesday 
Wednesday to Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. with Stein and Steen. I hope you all really, really enjoyed that song as much as I did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I like to watch things on TV. <laughs> uh, I'm still singing it. Right, we are going in to Stein or Stephen. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking excited. Yeah, uh, you I'm, nervous? I'm, 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 I'm feeling like I'm going to lose again. I, think, I don't <laughs> think I've, I've succeeded once, actually. <laughs> Um, no, um, I don't know if you But, have. you know, I saw, I, I didn't tell you this though, Joe, I watched an interview with R.L. Steen the other day where oh, yeah. he mentions how Stephen King is retired and yet has actually written 12 books <laughs> since his retirement. <laughs> and uh, and R.L. Steen says he'll never retire, so there is a connection. But, oh, uh, that's but nice. What that's lovely. Let's go. First okay. This is, this is it. It's watching us, Ralphie whispered. Listen, I'm not gonna. No, Danny. Really? Can't you feel it? Danny stopped. And in the way of children, he did feel something and knew they were no longer alone. I'm definitely going to say, and basically, just to describe it again in case no one knows, I'm guessing whether it's Stephen King or R.L. Stein. Yeah, that's right. Um, the genius R.L. Stein or the hack writer <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> I um, don't know why we keep giving King such a hard time, but I, uh, we should. I believe that that is a king. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Drum roll, please. Brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Well, what, about um, one to three or something, you something know? Something like that, yeah. It's not I that bad. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I don't know who, yeah. I don't know. What the, <laughs> I, is the point here to find out if, if there's a difference between Stein or Stephen? Or is it simply to analyse the mysticism of all texts? Exactly. <laughs> I, I think know. it's both. <laughs> so what we're gonna, that's the end of the show, guys. It's been uh, lovely being with uh, you. Well, well, thanks so much for listening. And uh, it was episode seven. And uh, next time it will be episode eight. Yeah, like that's next the way time we're going to be sponsored by the wonderful Lost Pier as well. Ah, the lovely Dan. We get to taste that tasty any IPA. Yeah, he's got an any IPA coming out. We can't wait to drink it. Thank you so much, Christopher. It was brilliant talking to Thank you. Thank you, Christopher. You're an absolute legend. Right, we're going to play you one last song to fade oh, us out. Of course. What's the song called? It's on well, Sesame Street. Let me get it. It's a Sesame Street song. <laughs> it's a, Sesame it's a beautiful song. song. Bob and showed called, me this earlier. It is called I Don't Want to Live on the Moon. And who is it singing? It's actually singing. It is, it is the uh, the man himself, the Sesame Street guy. Bernie. <laughs> it's Bernie. <laughs> it's Bernie. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Sleep well. It's fucking... It's Jim Henson. Yes, Jim Henson. Boy, look at that moon that pretty? Did you ever think you might like to visit the moon? Well, I did. Well, I'd like to visit the moon On a rocket ship high in the air Yes, I'd like to visit the moon But I don't think I'd like to live there Though I'd like to look down at the earth from above I would miss all the places and people I love So although I might like it for one afternoon I don't want to live on the moon I'd like to travel under the sea I could meet all the fish everywhere Yes, I'd travel under the sea but I don't think I'd like to live there. I might stay for a day there if I had my wish, but there's not much to do when your friends are all fish, and an oyster and clam aren't real family, so I don't want to live in the sea. I'd like to visit the jungle, hear the lions roar, go back in time and meet a dinosaur. There's so many strange places I'd like to be, but none of them permanently. So if I should visit the moon, well, I'll dance on a moonbeam, and then I will make a wish on a star, and I'll wish I was home once again. Though I'd like to look down at the earth from above, I would miss all the places and people I love So although I may go, I'll be coming home soon Cause I don't want to live on the moon No, I don't want to live on the moon <laughs>